Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Phil is wearing his French stash for the occasion. I am. It's lovely this, isn't it? JV's wearing a British and Irish Lions vintage shirt for the occasion. I, I didn't dress for the occasion, but I've actually got a Canterbury base layer on. Oh, wow. Very nice. Have you been hiking or playing contact sports? Um, I was... No. No, none of those. <laughs> I was... No, no. no. I, I okay. meant... I Lying was, on the I sofa. Was, cool story, bro. I was going to go for a run, but I uh, didn't. So, yeah, cool story. This one too. Right, let's get into this then. The Six Nations preview pod. Hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. And uh, we know from looking at the numbers of people that listen to our podcast that there's lots and lots of new listeners. And we thank you for that. That's maybe testament to just how excited the British rugby public and worldwide rugby public are about the Six Nations, which is upon us. It's days away now getting underway this weekend and aside from like world cup and in terms of annual competitions i don't think it gets much better than six nations i'll go one further on that i don't think there's any annual sports tournament that is as good as six nations outside of rugby outside of rugby well what would you rather watch wimbledon not really no football's got no equivalents um there's a royal rumble i mean (laughs) i mean that was that was good though wasn't it I, i i don't know i didn't actually watch it this year it's on record Oh, is it? I won't tell you who won then. Um, right, can you tell I'm not doing a lot at the minute? <laughs> hoping, hoping to have a job on the radio very soon. Uh, but no, Six Nations, what I love about it is I remember watching the Five Nations when I was a kid and it's got it's still got the connection with the amateur era. And the, the rivalries as well. Yeah. And the drinking. Don't forget the drinking. The, the, oh, yeah. The drinking. the drinking. Edinburgh or Cardiff or London, Richmond, Twickenham or Dublin... Or Paris, or I'm sure Rome as well. Great drinking cities. Oh, so true, Phil. So true. Uh, so thank you very much for listening and uh, tell your mates because uh, we, we don't have a television network, we don't have a radio station, and yet we still manage to stand shoulder to shoulder some of those other ones that do have TV networks and, and radio stations and stuff. We do so have a dungeon, though. We do have a rugby dungeon. That's where we're sat right now. I'm Tim. JB, that's him. Hello. And that's Philip. Hi, Tim. Right. So, um, I reckon we should just rattle through some of the domestic rugby because, of course, this is one of those weird years with the World Cup where all of that is still ongoing. So, how about we deal with some of that first? Okay, fire away. Right, hands up. Anyone feel sorry for Mike Ford? No. Um, I do. I do. My hand is up. As is mine, Phil. Go on, then. Talk to me. Well, I feel sorry for Mike Ford because I think he could... I don't know. I think he could well lose his job. 
Absolutely. Depends, but I don't feel sorry for him. Depends who goes down, but yeah, Mike Ford, he should have been top three. Oh, definitely top four. Beaten finalist last year. And I feel sorry for him because I can't tell what's changed. No. I'm, I'm looking at that team and there's some real outstanding players right across the board. Um, like You look at Francois Lowe is one of the best open sides in the world. They've got an excellent scrum. They've got George Ford. They've got Jonathan Joseph. They've got mm. wingers like Anthony Watson. Oh, then no. you've got someone like Aguja, Argentinian international wing, who's not even starting most wings and we De- come in. Devoto's a fringe player. Um, like Priestland, squad player. And he's oh, well, but Bowden or Bowden. He's an incredible player. Yeah, so you've got all of these names. And last season, everything was going right. And this season, I, I've watched them a lot. And I can't yet put my finger on exactly what they're doing wrong. And which is exactly why I feel sorry for Mike Ford, because it's not like, you know, we can't sit here smugly and go, oh, it's obvious, look, they just haven't sorted X or Y out. And and that would indicate that it's maybe a, a big coaching problem. I think there's lots and lots of 1% that are going wrong for Bath, and they've all happened at the same time. And that's a really difficult thing to sort out. OK, so this is why I don't feel sorry for him. Because you guys have just said nothing's changed. Only, uh, all the players are the same, etc., etc. That's exactly the problem. Nothing has changed. And I think in this world where you have people like Saracens with their KPMG accountants crunching big data, you need to be continually changing and it, it continually evolving your game plan. The guys that are struggling are Bath and Northampton who look exactly the same. Exactly the same. I do get that. But there's a funny one, though, because, again, Leroy Houston played really well since he's probably been their best player in Who? the last few years. I mean, Bath. Leroy. And, and, the way, and the way they reward him? Signing a succession of number eights <laughs> continuously. <laughs> Cheers, Leroy. Yeah. Thanks for all your hard work. I, I, so, uh, it's signings like that that make me wonder whether who is doing the signing. Who is, who is getting the players? Mm. Uh, well, the Sam Burgess one, there's always been a question over who really wanted him. Mm. Was it the RFU? Was it Mike Ford? Was it uh, Craig Bruce? Bruce that's, Craig. Yeah, well, let's not get into that because that's anyway, a whole other thing. I feel sorry for him. Again, there is a. You've got to respect, on the flip side, Saracens again doing whoa, what whoa, they Whoa, 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 whoa. Just one, just one question yeah. about Bath before, we, before yeah. we move on. If Mike Ford gets fired, would any of you like to guess what Carl Ferns might text as an emoji on Twitter? <laughs> sorry, as a message on Twitter. Some. Uh, Laughing face emojis. I think, cry, he's, I think he's already done that. Crying laughing face emojis. He did that when Burgess left. I don't think he'd do that when someone lost their job. Um, well, he's mm. a bit more respectful than that. I know Carl <laughs> we'll He's more respectful than that. <laughs> okay. But uh, but no. Here's here's the thing. Like, would it affect? You know, one of the one of the big crown jewels of Bath is George Ford. I'm I'm not. I know it shouldn't get in the way. The you know That's a, a father son a... relationship. But w- would it? That is could... a tremendous point. I've, do you know what? I've, stupidly, I've not even thought of that. Maybe he might be Brian Redpath and someone put, be put on top of him. <laughs> Brian Redpath. Hey, yeah, that's right. Someone, isn't it? Put, someone yeah. put on top of him. Or Gary Gold, and you move two people underneath him. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. you, take, you take off the, the top, top layer. layer. The top expensive layer. Yeah. They, they, might, they might promote him to something. Director of rugby, less control. Yeah. Uh, 
more kind Is of he not director, like operations director or something like that? Catering like, manager. Yeah. Catering manager on <laughs> like 400,000 or something. <laughs> Stadium planning <laughs> manager. That's probably the biggest job they've got. Anyway, Saracens are absolutely immense again that second half to, to again do what Saracens do. We shouldn't dwell on it too much because we've talked about it tons on the podcast, but Maru Itoji was immense. He really was. He was. Uh, I was getting a little bit kind of uh, frustrated because the commentary, the commentary team, were talking about him so so much, but every time they were waxing lyrical about him, it was hugely deserved. So mm. it, it was getting boring because he was so damn good. Yeah, we, we got a tweet straight away after you know about a minute after the final whistle on Saturday because I was the reporter for BT Sport, so I gave Marrow his bottle of Man of the Match champagne. Is it champagne? Didn't you tell me it was um, like Carver? You looked at the, the yes. label underneath, and it was like a three ninety nine bottle of Carver. That was a few. That was a couple of years ago when I was. That's not when I was doing this role. I will have a look at it again and see. But yes, it was in previous years. It has been Carver. Uh, so I gave him his bottle of fizz, and within minutes, someone had got on Twitter and went, "Ah, oh, why didn't you congratulate him and say that you'd made Marrow a prize winning Marrow?" As we, <laughs> as was mentioned on the podcast before, and that was an opportunity missed, and I'm sorry about that. Now, I'm going to jump to the Pro Twelve. Um, oh yes. Where Leinster lost at Rodney Parade. I can't believe I've gone through all the effort of making a Pro 12 sounder and you haven't eaten. Oh, I'm sorry, JB. I, sorry. I, I'm actually offended now. Right. Okay. Just re- let me just pretend that hasn't happened. It's time for a, a little bit of a Pro 12 update. This is a presentation from the world's most explosive league. The creators of Dragons 13, Zebra Nil. Starring Rory Pittman, Scott Andrews, and Luke Burgess, the other one. And definitely not featuring Aroni, Celtic Warriors, or Border Reavers. This is the Pro 12 Report. That's, uh, that is outstanding work, JB. Thank you. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the least the Pro 12 deserves. <laughs> well, the Pro 12, Sean, have quite a lot of players uh, no. in their squads. So uh, I've got a little challenge for you. I want you to... Because Leinster went to Rodney Parade in front of just 4,303 people. Record crowd. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they, lo- they lost to Newport Gwent Dragons. <laughs> so I want you to tell me an Irishman in Leinster's team. I can name one. Um, I can name at least one. Oh, actually, some of their other Irishmen are there. So Gary Ringrose was there. Yeah, Ringrose was the one I was going to name. But they had quite a lot of changes. Well, I would have named Ringrose because I know he's not in the Ireland squad, controversially. Young second row who who played the other week and got man of the match, Maloney or Malone? Ross Maloney. Maloney, yeah. Wow. Good knowledge. I know virtually all of their front row uh, is called up for Ireland, so... Mike Ross, Marty Moore, although he's injured, uh, Keen Healy, Jack McGrath, Sean Cronin, and Ricard Strauss. I think they're all, there's six front rows being called up for Ireland, so I assume none of those were playing. Ricard Strauss came off the bench, off the played bench. the second half. That young scrum half, oh, I can't remember his name. It just sounds like McGrath. Luke, Luke, Luke McGrath, Luke scrum McGrath, half. scrum half. Learning the names of, of these people just seems it just seems like such a waste of your valuable time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like if you told me you knew every stamp between 1920 and 1930s. It's just unnecessary. Or like a 
seabirds, <laughs> seabirds sea from the Irish Sea, like you could name. Exactly, Jay. exactly. Was there anyone else? Was um, uh, Dominic Ryan? Was played... was the wing wing centre? Um, Fergus McFadden was he playing? Because he's yes. not in the island yes. squad, is he? That's great knowledge, Phil. Yeah, but there's just that they were missing a lot of players. It still looked like a reasonable team, but they they went to Dragons and lost in horrible conditions. Um, elsewhere, what do you Ulster, want to touch upon? Ulster dominating bonus point away win. Yes. Wow, against who? It must be a big team. Uh, real big. Uh, currently bottom of the Pro 12, Treviso. Oh wow! But bonus point away win. I think probably we should we should at this point mention Newcastle. We should because that's probably one of the biggest results of the weekend, beating Harlequins. You guys were saying on the podcast last week, oh, you, you, Harlequins will love it on the uh, yeah. on the fake pitch. But the, the key, f- key for Harlequins is they're missing four of their best players and uh, leaders. As we mentioned, I think we both Ma- called Newcastle to win this, didn't we? I didn't. I called Harlequins. I think I called Harlequins to I, win. I, I, called, I definitely called Newcastle to win. I called Northampton well. to No, Wasps to beat Northampton. Then on game day, you change your mind. I changed my mind and put a, t- a tenner on Northampton. I looked at the two teams. It's like, no, they can't. It's, it's, it's just Northampton. too much quality in that Northampton yeah. team. They lost. A Newcastle win was masterminded in the second half by Andy Goode, who came on with 20 minutes to go. With I think Newcastle were 19-10 down, and scored 16 unanswered points, of which of which Goode kicked 11 of them mm. to win the game. Yeah, I mean that's why you pay the man the big bucks. Well, that's not the biggest comeback of the of the weekend. What it's was? Not what, well, the the Saracens was. No. No. Broughton Park. <laughs> it, the Broughton Park comeback. <laughs> we were twenty five nil down half time. Uh, we lost our director of rugby, who called us a disgrace and walked off. And then we came out the second half and scored thirty two points, thirty two unanswered points. <laughs> At half time, one of them spoke for about ten seconds. Slammed the door, walked out. The other one degenerated into psycho, psycho babble, technical speech about kind of caring and loving and culture and challenging yourself. And then I stood up and said, I feel, I feel shell-shocked. And then I was cut off and that's it. So my team talk to the boys at half-time was, I feel shell-shocked. <laughs> and that was it. Constructive. <laughs> yeah. Well, going, going back, like again, Andy, Andy Goode, who was too injured, that he, so injured he had to retire from London Irish uh, and has come back and masterminded a win a vital win which puts London Irish bottom of the table having got an absolute hammering away at Sale Sharks today pick who is relegated Irish Irish. you think Irish are going down I think they are I don't think it'll be Irish I don't know why I don't think it'll be Irish I just don't I'm still going to say Newcastle really yeah Tim I think Irish have got some wins in them they do, but Ben Franks now is out. Is he? Massive loss. They're going to have Blair Cowan and some important players out for these next eight or nine weeks. I I am fearful for Irish, but I'm going to say Worcester. Worcester started well, but their performances in more recent weeks haven't been as good. I think it's 11 straight defeats in all competitions they've had now. Yes, that's not good. And as... As Bath and Saracens showed in their matchup, it's kind of a, a habit. Winning and losing becomes a bit of a habit. It does, doesn't it? Uh, and then Leicester having a bit of a comeback uh, away at Gloucester. I was watching that one going at the time. I was watching the scores coming in, and Bath were winning and looking comfortable against Saracens. Gloucester were winning and looking comfortable at, against Leicester. And he thought, "Oh, here we go. It's being shaken up." Yeah. Well, I was I was all ready to say, "Look at these teams without their England stars. They can't perform." And then. 
Leicester and Saracens both incredible comebacks to uh, to take it to Lucifiano try it's some comeback that before we get into talking about the Six Nations uh, we should just point out if you can stop moving around in your leather chair making it sound like you're trying <laughs> oh we've got a new leather chairs in two weeks time what Ooh. well me and Phil do you're staying on that the, me, the... me and Phil will have our own mics on reclining leather chairs will we oh, yeah we will Oh, good Hi. work, JB. High five, mate. Oh, you should wow. have been nicer to me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got a we've got an Egg Chasers Fantasy Rugby League for the Six Nations. Now, in previous years, we've had six, seven hundred people uh, getting uh, getting on board this one. So come and join in. And we were also uh, oh, yes. the top performing based on. Average, the, the average, yeah, average performance. So we, we most have, informed fans. Yes, we are very proud that we have the most. That's you. You were talking about paying you a compliment. Now we have the most informed rugby union fans in the world when it comes to the Six Nations. So we've got we've got to defend that crown again. So uh, you can sign up. Uh, you can pick a team, ESPN Fancy League, and then you once you pick your team, you add yourself to our league, which has a unique pin code. Now, in previous years, I've I, I made a jingle for it that was well catchy. Everyone remembers the. In fact, someone's even tweeted us going, "Oh, when because you've tweeted out the details of the fancy league." Someone's gone, "Oh, that 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 pin numbers no eight one two six two is it? Eight one two six two. Eight one two six two. Till my grave, I remember that. Yeah, the, the the league code. And I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll, I'll make a I'll make a little jingle for it by next time. The league code. Once you've added your team, and we've put the details up at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, go there and find all the details. And if we'll you, pin the tweet as well. We'll make sure you can get it. We'll pin the tweet, so it'll be right there on our, our main page. Go there and find it, even if you're not on Twitter, twitter.com slash rugbypodcast, and the information will be there. Um, but it's sign yourself up, ESPN Fantasy League, and the code you need, 112-4114-25164. That's why we pay the big bucks. One one four two five one six four. Yeah, one one two four one one four. Twitter dot com slash rugby podcast. Right, get involved. Right, let's talk Six Nations. Is is a question for you boys? Is Eddie Jones Stuart Lancaster in disguise? <laughs> no. Reason I say that is there any difference in the likely personnel that are going to be turning out for England in, at Murrayfield than? the personnel that Stuart Lancaster would have selected. Maybe you wouldn't have seen Devoto and or Clifford. But besides that... So what is different? Uh, I'll tell you what's different. The coaching. I mean, we we all knew going into that World Cup, the players, they had some real quality right across the board. Mm. The difference is, we learnt in the World Cup that England didn't have the right game plan, they yep. didn't have the set piece. Yep. Both their scrums and their lineups were taken apart. And they just failed to perform because of that they, their backline had no. And it feels like they only had one strike move. Well, yeah, they, no idea, no, no cohesion. Yeah. I yeah. wonder if it's going to be a case of um, this being an indictment, a further indictment of the Stuart Lancaster reign, or kind of justification of where he was going. Well, yeah, well, this is kind of my point because let's not forget, and I agree completely with what you've just said, Phil. But all of the focus on all the criticism of Stuart Lancaster was on who he was picking. What I was just going to say was one of the things that Eddie Jones has really focused on in his uh, press conferences is getting the set piece back to where it should be. I mean, he, he talked about the 2003 World Cup final and he said when Australia faced England there, they knew that England's scrum and line-out was the best in the world and they just had to get parity 
and they could potentially win the game. And he spoke about the fear that that England pack kind of gave everyone else in the world because it was so dominant. And the England pack that we saw in the do World we, Cup was... But do, we need to, but do we need to go through the names of the players involved and say, well, yeah, you've got Phil Vickery... Uh, ben K, Martin Johnson, Neil Back, Richard Hill, Lawrence Delalio. You know uh, what Steve I mean? Thompson. Well, I Steve know. Thompson. Why are you doing another way? Why Trevor you... Woodman. Trevor Woodman. Why you go That's through... the starting pack. Why yeah. do you go through the names of the South African pack in this World Cup and how distinguished they were and how Japan got parity with South Africa? And if you can no, do that I, with I Japan, get it. I get it. you know, who knows what you'll do with England. I will say this, though. Uh, Scotland, it's not just, it's not going to be an easy place to go, not just because they did well in the World Cup and yeah, they've got a good coach and the rest of it. They've got a really, really good prop. Now, I don't know if Nell will be starting. I assume, assume he will, unless, unless he's injured. injured. Yeah. Uh, he can be dominant. The way that I'm looking at it, he spoke, he talked up that England's England pack, but one of his main roles will be he'll be the attack and skills coach, and you saw what he could do with that Japanese team, mm. and that England team has got some serious pace in that back line. Yeah. Um, so I think he's doing this almost as a ruse to say, right, we're going to focus on the up front and then unleash and, the backs. You know, you want to talk personnel. The one, well, you know, we say they're, they're pretty much the same. The one thing which everyone criticised Lancaster for, including me. I mean, I was loving it being, being a Welshman. Barrett and Burgess in the centres. Well, that was just ludicrous. Maybe not yeah. Barrett, but certainly Burgess, and he hasn't done that. So he can't do any worse. You know, that was the main. That was yeah. the main sticking point. Well, it was one of them. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the wheel of rugby today, and I'm gonna spin it, and you two are gonna take opposing sides. So give that a spin. Oi! Well, this one is on the subject of Eddie Jones's uh, personnel. Okay. It, Wait. Go on. Okay, so Eddie Jones criticised Stuart Lancaster for selecting Chris Robshaw, saying he was a six and a half, not a seven. With James Haskell likely to start at seven... So the question is, Haskell is an out-and-out seven, Haskell yes or no? Haskell out-and-out seven, or Haskell another six and a half? Jay, what do you want? <laughs> I'll go for seven, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> right, you have you have 30 seconds to make your argument, go. Haskell is not an, not only an out-and-out seven, but he's one of the premier out-and-out sevens in the entire premiership. In fact, I'd go as far as to say, if he didn't have not just a current great, but an all-time great in George Smith, uh, Smith ahead of him, he'd probably be the best seven in the premiership right now. He might not be turning over loads of ball like uh, Kvesic, but he is, uh, he is a lot stronger, and furthermore, his, his work rate is, is through the roof. Imagine that now com- combined with all the experience that he's picking up from George Smith. To me, it's a, it, it's a no-brainer. He's 100% at seven. I love, I love the call. Yeah, all right, I've heard that. And Phil? I've got no problem with the call because I don't think you need an out-and-out seven necessarily if the whole team can do the job of slowing down and speeding up ball when necessary. But James Haskell is categorically not an out-and-out seven. He's not a fetcher style. You, the two th- main things you look at for an out-and-out seven is strong over the ball, Pocock and Hooper, stealing ball, turnover, slowing down the opposition ball, and the link play, having good hands, someone like Tipperick, someone like Hooper, who at a push could play in the centres because their their handling skills are so good. Haskell has neither of those two fundamentals. He works very hard, he's good all around the park, he's a good leader, great banter, but he's not a seven. (laughs) He's a six and a half at best. You did a good effort at defending what is clearly wrong, JB. Um, oh. That Eddie Jones was 
knocking Stuart Lancaster for picking a six and a half, and he's picking a six and a half. However, I think J- JB did a good effort purely. So it's a sympathy point for Jay. Yeah, it's not. A you can never, point. you can never enjoy that point, Jay. <laughs> it was a point because I'm right. No, <laughs> I'm not. Hear me now, believe me later. He's All a right. great. Sub- he's a great man. He is a great man. I'll give you that. <laughs> he's a great man, without a doubt. All right, Ireland, declining force versus Ireland, an improving force. Phil, you can pick first. Um, I'm going to say. As JB's phone goes off, <laughs> as usual, uh, I'm going to say. They're an improving force. Go on, why did you say that? Now, if you look at the Pro 12, the Irish results on the whole haven't been great this year. But if you look at that uh, Six Nations squad, and if you look what Joe Schmidt has done over the past two, two and a half years, they are on a definite upward trend. They've won the last two Six Nations, for God's sake. They've got some superb players and international experience right across the board. They've got great leaders. And... It'll be interesting to see who takes over from Paul O'Connell, but Rory Brest is Rory Best is a great Rory Brest. Rory he, Brest. That's a Freudian slip because his his pecs were looking pretty good in those team shots. We'll he come is to that looking, in a minute. Looking stacked. He is. But they've got class right across the board, and assuming he's fit, they've got one of the best tens in the world in Johnny Sexton, and they should be right up there because, regardless of uh, the injuries, um, at uh, regional level. They've they've got a pretty settled team. There's not too many changes from the team that won it last year, from won it the year before. I mean, O'Driscoll and O'Connell going are quite big, but they've got good players to come in in place of them. So, I fully expect them to continue their upward trend with Joe Schmidt. Hmm. Uh, JB, Ireland are a declining force. Nice try, Phil, but that's absolutely laughable. OK, so first of all, uh, Irish success has always been predicated on the fact that their Pro 12 teams did, extre- did extremely well, both domestically and in Europe. This year, that categorically has not happened. Second of all, they've lost a whole b- b- bunch of leaders. Leader-in-chief being Paul O'Connell. They're relying on men, such as Devin Toner, who is named after a printer. They're also (laughs) relying on people like George Best. What's his name? Best. Rory Best. You can be as stacked and as good around the park as you like. Ask Dave Ward, but if you can't can't do your primary job of hitting your line-outs, forget it. Uh, Everyone, every team, goes through peaks and troughs, and this is categorically a trough. Oh, Um, interesting. I don't think they're going to be any good this Six Nations. I, I was surprised you picked an improving force, Phil. I really? like I like the long term approach you took to answering that question. Like you, you weren't you're not just going. They've had a bad European campaign. The provinces, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, I, I, I'm giving Phil the the win on but that. But that, that by argument. definition means I'm right. Because if it's a long term a long term trend, currently they must be declining no, to be improving. What? what? How do you work that logic? Well, okay, so long-term if, improving doesn't mean short-term term decline. Okay, if they are they worse than the world than before the World Cup? Yes, because no. they've lost key key people. So they're going to have to improve to get back to where they were. They're continually improving. They before Joe Schmidt took over. All right, they have improved consistently from then. So you reckon that this Ireland team is better than the Ireland team in the last Six Nations that, that won it? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we, we will see. Oh wow, that was that was a, a, a heated debate. So is that two 0 now for me? That's one all. Oh, that's ridiculous! That's... I know you should <laughs> never have got that Haskell point. All I know the the, the Six Nations. I think the the big surprise. I think much like the World Cup, 
you're going to see the emergence and the surprise of tier two sides, which is why I think uh, tier two side England are going to have a big tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Enjoy that. Uh, well, wrap, oh. up, wrap up the re- wheel of rugby. This okay. one, this one's a super fast uh, answer. You have to do it in 15 seconds, uh-huh. and I'm going to tell you what your point of view is. Well, 15 seconds. Wales kit is beautiful. Go. Under Armour have got a long and distinguished career of making great kits for high-performance teams. Look at, <laughs> look, look at the owners, for God's sakes. Tom Brady has a, has, has a stake in the company. Not only is, is Tom, Tom Brady a beautiful man, but is also a very stylish man. There's no way Wales would have a kit which Tom Brady is part owner of and it not be, not be beautiful. Wonderful kit. Phil, Wales' kit is an abomination. Do I need to go on? You've got 15 <laughs> seconds. You've got to win that's, this. That statement. Let's, let's just sit in silence for 10 more seconds. That statement is completely correct, Tim. I will. I will just say, yeah. if Wales, if Wales want to know how a red and white Under Armour kit should look, go, go, now. It's over. You had your time. Fifteen seconds. Go and look at the Canada kit, which is gorgeous. The Wales kit, however, is an abomination. And I'm raising Phil's arm up. Oh the come He's on! The, the, the quality of the argument was poor. Oh. <laughs> it was an easy point to make. Uh, just on another subject, because we, we, we were talking about oh, JB, phone. Uh, we were talking about Rory Best looking in really good nick when the captains of the Six Nation teams all had their promotional photographs. Dylan Hartley, on the other hand, um, did he? Is it just me, or did he look like he's carrying a little bit of timber? Now, um, you some, know, some holiday weight, Tim. Some, some holiday. Yeah, exactly. Some, some. Well, some, uh, <laughs> some suspension weight, probably. <laughs> For Dylan Hartley, um, he had, uh, yeah. Just, just an observation. Nothing wrong with that. You need a little bit of body fat to um, to absorb the impacts that you have to do at the top level. I was actually surprised when he stood. I would have put Hartley as considerably bigger than Rory Best. When you see the two of them stood next to each other, Rory Best looks massive. Rory Best to... is closer to the camera. He is, he is slightly closer, and he also is covered up there, off of one of his shoulders and the other. There, there's several. That's not the only picture. Okay. What, what I will say, uh, Max Jennings on Twitter <laughs> said about about Hartley, you can say what you want about our captain, but his nipple game is outrageous. <laughs> wow. Outstanding nipple game from Dylan. <laughs> Good uh, lad. I, I would say as well that w- when I look at the, the oh. England stash, I, I have a... Now, Canterbury, w- w- you know, we're long-standing fans of Canterbury and we th- they do a fantastic job and I, I do love the England kit. There is a little something wrong with their shorts, though. I think they're slightly too long. Yeah. I don't like their shorts. I was thinking this... No, not, not their shorts in general. The England international well, team shorts. I was watching the Bath Saris game, and Matt Garvey's shorts were like basketballer shorts. They were, like, down to his knees. Do you know what? Weirdly, Matt Garvey's shorts always look like that, though. Because as soon as you said that, I've got a mental image of Matt Garvey. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's like... The image of Matt Garvey and his long shorts is the same. It's, like, mentally ingrained as Tom May and his cycling shorts. Tom May. Johnny May. Johnny, Johnny May. May and Charlie Sharples and... Everyone else in Rob, Boston. Rob Cook and Trin- and Trinder, 12 Trees, Tyndall when he was there. Exactly. Long, 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 knee-length cycling shorts. I just, I just, I just think they're slightly too long. And, I, I, you know, we want to be able to appreciate those lovely quads that rugby players work so hard on. Oh. Uh, like James Short, who got a lot of... A lot of um, appreciation for his quads today from Ugo Monia. He did. did. Ugo Monia said of James Short on the BT Sport commentary, he said, uh, oh, look at James Short's quads, Uh, to which David Flatman replied, yeah, quadzilla. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a question for you. Yeah. If England had an injury crisis on the wings, who would be called up first, James Short or Alex Lewington? 
Oh, good question. Um, I think I think there are about four places down. But if there's an injury crisis, I'd go Lewington first. Yeah, I I probably would because he's had a bit longer performing at that level. But short sh- sure, on his performances this season has been outstanding. I completely agree with both of you. But short has been brilliant. If Irish go down, uh, Lewington seems like an Exeter player to me. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't really need him. Maybe when Noel goes, uh... well, you could you play all three of them if you wanted. Yeah, Dolman's he... playing well though, so. You could do. I'll tell you who was wearing some short shots this weekend, Tim. Who's that? Sonny Bill Williams. Oh, my word. Playing sevens. His, are they, can they be classed as shorts? Like, <laughs> legally? Trade Descriptions Act? <laughs> They're certainly short. That's they, for sure. They are extremely What a short. man. What a man. What a specimen. Have you seen any of the highlights from the sevens? I've seen little bits. I've seen a massive hit that Sonny Bill got boshed. He, he got flattened, didn't he, yeah. by one of the Kenyan boys? Yeah. I reckon Sonny Bill one day will be um, Prime Minister of New Zealand. <laughs> like, kind of like an Arnold Schwarzenegger story. It, correct. Exactly like it. Exactly mm. like it. How, mm. could, how could he not be? Yeah, I can uh, see that. On the on the Ugo Monnier commentary, um, <laughs> we were also <laughs> tweeted to at Rugby Podcast. I'm trying to find it. Who said it? Let me get it. I've got it here. Yeah. Connor well, Morrissey. Yes. Connor, Connor Morrissey. Morrissey. 42 minutes into Worcester versus Exeter on BT Sport. Ugo Monya, in reference to a no-arm tackle, said of the player, and I don't know which player it was he was referring to, he's literally a bowling A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> I think it was the prop. Uh, how do you say his name? I want to say Sean Horst, but that's like a World War II battleship. So I'm sure they were making the point that it's really quite hard for somebody who's got a massive barrel chest and little arms, as we were talking about previous, on previous podcasts, to actually grab someone when you're making an impact. He, but, but going so far as to say he's literally a bowling ball. Nick, Nick Shonnet. I think might have Nick. been the, the chap. Yep, that's the boy. Is he the where, English? Where would you, if you literally had to select a bowling ball in your team, I think pro- <laughs> a prop prop would probably oh. be where you'd pick. No, it'd just no. go backwards in the scrum. Not only that, how would you bind onto it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got three and it, and it fingers, can't, it can't lift. <laughs> can't lift. <laughs> can't lift it all. Well, it's unstable lifting. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty. Maybe you just stick it on the wing for uh, and just have like a defensive expert because you wouldn't you can't you can't catch a ball. Centre is not bad. Uh, Twelve is Twelve. Too bad. Twelve and just just making massive hits. And you can skip past it and all the rest of it. Yeah, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Props yeah. a terrible shot, Tim. I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Is, is he? Oh, he's South African. Has he got a South African cap? No. I'll tell you what, when he becomes qualified, he's worth a look at. Mm. Twenty twenty-four, six two, nineteen and a half stone. Tighted prop. And and just while we were talking about stash, we were talking about shorts, and we were talking about the the well. There's a couple of things from the from the launch of the Six Nations. One, it's the first time they've done a coach's picture, so far as I know, which is quite a nice oh, touch. No, I think they always do that. Oh, they always do that, do they? Yeah. I've never seen one. I've never seen one before. Yeah, they do. 
Uh, it's normally Gatlin looking really, Gatlin really miserable. Gatlin looking like the dog, the dog father, the godfather. Snoop Dogg. But the player, we've gone backwards because the players were all wearing trainers. Outrageous. Yeah. We've been through this so many times. We led a whole, we might have to bring back our campaign. Have you ever I seen... I thought we were getting somewhere. Have you ever seen a picture of Eddie Jones flanked by Gustard and Borthwick? It's menacing. <laughs> so, well, Eddie Jones, who looks a little bit like Yoda, but the two men either side of him just look so, so tough. Enormous. Yeah. So yeah. tough. Shaven uh, head, stubble, grizzled. He, yes. he, look, he looks like a mafia boss. He does, yeah. with his henchmen alongside him. Yeah, but, there, there's a. I think that must be last year's. Uh, let's have a look at that one. With Lancaster and San, oh. San Andre, Vern Cotter, Schmidt, Gatland, and. Brunel. But will Brunel. you? But but players, will you please in your promotional pictures wear boots, not trainers? There is never an excuse. It just does the the rugby kit just doesn't look right with trainers. Yeah, well, wear trainers if you want. If you're happy with your legacy, when you're showing your pictures to your grandchildren of you wearing stupid trainers in a promotional shot, if that's what you're happy with. Carry on. I like your rule. If you wear trainers in a promotional shot with your full kit, you wear but, trainers on a pitch. Exactly right. Kit. Exactly right. Yeah. The, the women's there's one of the women's uh, photo shoot as well. Two of them aren't even wearing trainers. They're it just, looks bare so feet. it looks so stupid, so intensely stupid. You know, now what they should do is if you're going to wear trainers, they should wear tracksuit bottoms because that would look pretty cool then. Tracksuit bottoms uh, in your top because it looks like you're about to go training. I, I can take that. I can't take. Uh, there is a Twitter account called Full Kit Wankers, and it's ba- <laughs> it's basically they basically all look, all, all look like this. The only area of the country I've been where you like if you go to Liverpool, if you go to a gym or just people's playing five a side football, they will wear full kit. In is Liverpool? Really? I bet if, if you go to a gym in Liverpool, there'll be guys wearing. I bet Newcastle's Ev- the same. Everton full full strip, including <laughs> including socks pulled up to the knees. No. <laughs> or Liverpool kits. No. Uh, you I'm, see, personally, I I I have a couple of England shirts, um, and so I do wear it. But there's a little bit of me that thinks. In- England or or replica shirts, country replica shirts particularly, should only be worn by kids and full internationals. Yeah, no one over the age of <laughs> nineteen or something, something like that. There again, I've got a lot of replica shirts. And I'm yeah. yes, I've got a lot of very nice ones. That yeah, you've got I'll, a lovely French one on right now. I quite like wearing them. I, I tend to only wear them to the podcast or the gym. Do you know I don't, don't wear them okay. out and about. It's okay because uh, Phil is in outstanding shape. Not so much me. Um, <laughs> I think if you're going to wear wear a kit you've got to be in relatively good shape and you're going to have to be actually playing rugby or do, or doing something it looks terrible when you see the 40 plus year old man with the beer belly with the like the pro fit shirt yeah, yeah the pro fit <laughs> it's just awful uh, rugby league fans I mean it's a very rugby league look isn't it <laughs> well every time I pull on an international kit I'm prepared to go into battle Yeah, <laughs> I, I consider that Am I ready today? No, I'm a bit hungover. I'll put the France top on the side. Do I feel good? <laughs> yes, I've had my pre-match meal. I'll put my France international yeah. top on. Exactly. If I get called up very short I, notice for I an international the, rugby game, I could play. I have the same thing with certain songs on um, on my rugby playlist. I don't like to, I don't like to listen <laughs> to them in the civilian world. Yeah, it m- I might mean I, might mean that I have to tackle my wife or something. <laughs> yeah, you, you sat on a bus. You just get too hyped up. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Phil, you had a little idea then for Six Nations, a, a sort of rugby, Egg Chasers rugby podcast version of Snog, Marry, Avoid. Yes, so it was, who's going to win? Mm-hmm. 
what the biggest surprise is going to be, mm-hmm. which could be a team, player, uh, an event that happens, yeah. um, and who the star player of this year's tournament is going so to be. win, surprise, star. I'm going to pick win. Uh, for me, it's Wales. Okay. Four years ago, they came off the back of a World Cup and won Six Nations, they I did. believe. Did they get a Grand Slam after that, in fact? No. No, it wasn't a Grand Slam. Oh, we know. have had a grand, a grand slam no, recently. Grand slam. Anyway, I I don't think there'll be even a triple crown. I think people will all beat each other, but I think Wales will come out on top. Surprise! Uh, Dylan Hartley will not get a yellow card. That would oh, be okay. my surprise for the Six Nations, uh, and the star performer of the Six Nations. I'm going to predict Chris Robshaw. I think that's a really good prediction. I do. What, Rob Shaw? Yeah, I, I, think, I think he's going to have a really good Six Nations. He'll be very, very motivated, put it mildly. Hmm. So my my three, I also said Wales. Um, they're the most settled team. Um, Ireland have got a few injuries. England and, England and France have kind of torn up the rule books a little bit. England on the coaching side, France on the, France on the playing side. Um, so I think they've got the best chance. Um, and they've got three home games. Which is exactly which is quite big. Yeah. Um, the biggest surprise, I think Scotland are going to win three games this year. Wow, that's a big prediction. They didn't win any last year. I know, including mm. including getting beat at home by Italy, albeit it was two yellow cards in the last ten minutes that kind of uh, was the final nail in the coffin. Are for you them thinking that. one of those games? Are you thinking it's going to be their home games they're going to win? I think they're going to beat England at home. They're going to beat Italy away, and probably France at home. Wow. So that's my three. Um, on a very, very, uh, very long re- long shot for a surprise would be an Andy Good call-up. Wow. That, that is, it's a long shot. That's a medium shot. It's a long shot. Medium. It's probably, I mean, if, if Ford and Farrell and Sippers all get injured, Slade's already injured, um, you never know. Hmm. Um... I was, then, I was about to say stranger things have happened, but I'm not actually I'm sure not, they have. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and my star man, I've gone for Wales because I think they're going to win it. And it's either going to be a return to former glory of George North, who is only 23. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's finished. <laughs> nuts, isn't it? Um, or Alan Wynne-Jones, who is going to lead from the front, particularly if uh, Warburton gets injured, which he normally does. Although not, he normally gets injured when he's playing for the Blues, not Wales. Mm. But we'll mm. see. But Would anyway, anyway, well, not win. To be, not to be boring, but to win, it'll be Wales. Okay, we're all going Wales. Full house. Uh, the surprise will be um, the return to prominence of France after a horrible, horrible World Cup. I think they're going to come good towards the towards the end of the tournament. Uh, and my star. And surprisingly, it's going to be Dan Bigger, who's going to treat the Six Nations trophy, uh, tournament trophy like a girl. He's going to look at it and take it home. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that all Dan Bigger has to do in Cardiff to get a, to get a girl? Uh, look, look at them. Pretty much. As yeah. long as Mike Phillips isn't, shuffle. isn't around. <laughs> Even if Mike Phillips he gets, is around. He gets his pick when Mike Phillips isn't around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I bet there were some celebrations in that World Squad secretly when Mike Phillips went off to Paris. Just, uh, uh, just up the odds. <laughs> just gave the others a chance. <laughs> it made me laugh. BT Sport did a really good piece on all the Welsh guys in France. They did it in this cafe, and they brought a Haskell over and all eating croissants and all that thing, all culture and stuff. And the gag was, uh, 
Mike Phillips' phone kept on going off. He kept on texting, and then he goes, right, boys, I've got to go. And then gets up and leaves. <laughs> and uh, I think Charles just goes, yeah, he does it all the time. <laughs> just just on the Six Nations, do you know who's favourite? Favourite? I, I would have said Ireland or Wales. Uh... It's actually England are currently favourites. Really? It must. It's it, the bookies follow the market, so people putting money on England. Mm. Um, but there's, there's probably some value in Wales there. R- roughly, roughly, England are less than two to one. Eng- uh, England have got a fairly favourable run of fixtures. Wales, Wales and Ireland are both roughly three to one, uh, both one side or the other. France uh, five to one, six to one. Scotland fourteen to one and Italy four hundred to one. England do have Ireland and, and Wales at Twickenham. Let's not mm. forget, which is those are two big but, games to have at home in the same tournament. But they have got three away games. Yeah, but, Fran- but you yeah. But France, Italy, Scotland are the three you'd pick. Yeah, you would do. You would do. Love France in week five, the final game week to travel to France yeah. when France will start to get some continuity and, yeah. and the weather will be getting better so that free-flowing French team that he'll, he's picking will actually start to be performing. Should we go through the actual matchups then? Go for it. Because for round one, France-Italy is the first game, 2.25 on Saturday. France versus Italy. France oh. hosting Italy. We're going to be... We're, we're going to have to wait and see. And what trophy uh, are they playing for, Tim? That's, oh yeah. oh yeah I know I know. I don't know the, uh, the Garibaldi Garibaldi Kobe. is it yeah. named after the biscuit yeah. I believe that's, that's exactly right Phil. Yes. Yeah. named after the biscuit not, not uh, an explorer no there's no, a general was he a general yeah the, I'm pretty sure he was there's a statue of uh, Garibaldi in Nice um, town in the centre of Nice is a not, big statue not, of Garibaldi the biscuit not, I, think, not, I think it's the, I'm assuming it's the biscuit it, yeah it's not a very exotic Italian name is it Gary no no, it's not very nice. It's not very. It's that is a joke. Before anyone. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Sorry. Uh, no, that's all right. So France, the new look France against the uh, Italy. I, I think this. Oh, it's a, just what a perfect way for Guy Noves to bed his new regime in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big win for France. Yeah. Let's leave it there. Cool. S- Scotland, England. I am nervous. Scotland have got a lovely stash. Yep. Albeit Macron. Yeah, it does. It disintegrates after five or ten minutes <laughs> of yeah. actually wearing it. But it looks but it looks great. It does. I think you're going to come come unstuck against a Scottish set piece. Hmm. No, I'm I'm sure I'll live to regret saying that. But that's what I think. If I was Scottish, and what's particularly if I was a Scottish player, I would be looking at all the fuss that everyone's making about Eddie Jones about England and stuff, and I'd be thinking, hold on a minute, wow, how did they do in the World Cup? And what happened with us? And we've got a point to score and a, a settle to make a point to make and a settle to score. So, I think Scotland are going to be m- m- unbelievably up for this one. I do think England are going to edge it. Owen Farrell's boot. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think Scotland will win this. I don't know. It's very tight. I think Vern Cost is a damn, damn good coach too. So. Yeah, he is. He's a very good coach. Their, their squad is fairly settled from the World Cup. I think it'll be very close. It'll be settled by less than five points either way. If Mark <sighs> Bennett plays, Scotland win. Right. If Mark Bennett does, Mark Bennett doesn't play, England win. Right. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And then on Sunday, and this is the real. I mean, some great matchups. This is. These are the games. I think these are my favourite 
combination of games, the th- the three matchups we've got in the first weekend, because I, I, there's something about Island Wales that always brings out really really exciting style of rugby. I love Island Wales matchups down the years. So yeah. s- three o'clock Sunday afternoon. I'm going to pick Wales. I think obviously they had the better World Cup. The World Cup was really interesting for Wales because they got to blood a lot of new players, particularly in the backs. And now they're getting all, all of their stars back. You know, um, you'll have Jonathan Davis, who's a big player. Liam Williams is fit, uh, and I think I think that alone will be enough. Uh, whether they, whether Liam Williams starts or not is 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 a completely diff- different thing. Ireland are rebuilding uh, despite Phil's protests, and I just can see Wales winning and maybe maybe winning well. I still think is Peter Omani out. He is out. Isn't I think he? he is. Yeah. Uh, so um, Omani's out. Yeah. Henderson's out. Henderson's out. Yeah. There Tommy, are Tommy Bowes out. There, Tommy Bowes. There are a few important gaps there. I just I think they do still have. Oh, that does worry me actually in their yeah. pack. And it, for me, if Sexton plays because he's a doubt because of concussion. Uh, last thing I read, he'd followed half the concussion protocols, but hadn't finished it off yet. Mm. What did he forget? <laughs> yeah, couldn't, um, rem- couldn't remember why he was there and left early. Um, if Sexton plays, Ireland win. Yeah. If Sexton doesn't play, Wales could win. Yeah, I would. No, no, you don't think that Sexton's the difference, do you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, completely. No, I, I was, oh, oh, we, we saw. We've already seen Sexton v Bigger once in this year, and it was very comfortable. Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. What? Do you want to argue? Do you want to <laughs> argue that Johnny oh dear. Sexton? Oh dear. <laughs> Johnny Sexton bossed that Leinster Ospreys game. Absolutely Look, bossed it. And in, was, the biggest, and the in, in the biggest games, Johnny Sexton hasn't been that, been that good. Which he, biggest games? Uh, try try the World Cup. The World World Cup against Argentina, against France, who was superb. Against Argentina, when they were missing half the team because of injury. Yeah, okay. but it, it wasn't Sexton. It how was many, it was the injuries. How and he many? Hasn't, how, what, Johnny Sexton has beaten. Southern Hemisphere teams and been been the man of the match in those games. D- like, like, wait. So you're talking about Waiting. you're talking about big game, big game players. I, Dan Bigger is excellent. And he's superb. But the best. Dan Bigger hasn't managed to grab Wales by the scruff of the neck. Oh, he has. And drag them over the line against a Southern Hemisphere team. How, right. many, how many attempts has he had against Australia? Well, thankfully, Ireland is only uh, is only across the water, so we won't need to worry. Um, <laughs> it's a big enough occasion for Dan Bigger to take it seriously, and that means you're in trouble. <laughs> That's the end of it. All right. Um, and that is week one of the, the Six Nations. I just cannot wait. There's one thing, right, which I wanted to... Well, one thing I've been wondering whether we bring up before we move to the domestic rugby that's there this weekend, which, again, it feels weird. It does feel... It's going to be hard to keep the same level of motivation up about the domestic rugby while the Six Nations is going for the, on. For the fans, yeah? For the, for the, for yeah, yeah, for sorry. The fans, I thought you were talking about the players. I mean, the whole... <laughs> not keep, for us as well. Oh, not for us. We, we, we love it. Any rugby. Pro mm. 12, don't we, Jay? Love Pro 12. Oh, I love Pro 12. Love the, more, the more Pro 12, the better. There should be loads loads more. It should be like a Pro 24. They should have, <laughs> should have midweek fixtures. <laughs> yeah. But our uh, our egg-shaped ball cousins, there's, well, there's two different egg-shaped ball cousins. There's American football, I want to come on and mention that, and there is also Rugby League, and there's been another story coming out of uh, <laughs> Rugby League in the last week. Um, we've had the story before of bubbling, which was one of the Rugby League players... Do we need to go into what bubbling is? No, 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 no. let's not go into it. If, if you really want to look it up, and I put safe search on, 
Um, for, not not safe for work. Not no, definitely not safe for work. Um, but bubbling. Um, now there is, I don't know how you describe this, but Mitchell Pierce has um, been up to some antics, hasn't he? <sighs> right. Okay. This is nothing like as bad as it sounds. No, I mean, it isn't. It, it really isn't. If you watch the video, there's nothing no, <laughs> nothing wrong with what's watched the video, He Phil. is drunk. He is Have drunk. you watched the video, Phil? He's I a, haven't. It's no, Australia haven't. Day, day party. He, uh, he's a young man in Australia celebrating his national day and he makes a pass at a woman who isn't interested. Big deal. Let the boys play. <laughs> it is. It's a non-story. It is it, a non-story, He's been I stepped agree. down from training. It's outrageous. What? Yeah. what? I know. Yeah. I just thought it was like a, and, no. fin- and finally. The person who should be most ashamed of themselves is the pe- person with the camera who filmed this and then yeah. you know, sailed this, this young man down, down the river. F- for what? A couple of quid from a newspaper and five minutes of fame. Did any, the England, did any England players actually miss, well, miss games and get stood down for throwing dwarfs? No, they shouldn't no, be. No, I don't think so. They, they, they should. No, they shouldn't be. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it, someone has filmed him. He tried to kiss a woman. She accusing him of. She accuses him of wetting himself after rejecting his advances. Before he allegedly because that's a, that's that's a natural response yeah. he... <laughs> for being rejected. I just wet myself to make me more more sexually I'll wet myself and grab your dog. Um, aren't you glad that that we're not so high profile as some of the stuff that's happened to like New New York, for example? Aren't you glad that we're not high profile enough that what we get up to in New York isn't going to be plastered on websites and all around Absolutely. the world? Well, oh, speak. For, oh, you're obviously speaking for us, Tim. Uh, I mean, you're. Um, I thought you were on the verge of making the you know you'll come back to the big time following following Andy Good. <laughs> so I mean before oh, yeah. you know you could be all over Twitter. <laughs> all right, so our other egg ball shaped cousins are the NFL. Of course, by the time you listen to this podcast, this coming weekend on Sunday, same later in the evening after Ireland Wales, it will be the Super Bowl. But as we speak right now, before we record the pod later this evening, it is the Pro Bowl, which. Um, could could we do this in rugby union is is the question I guess so JB you can explain what the Pro Bowl is yeah so the Pro Bowl is a match between the AFC and the NFC so the, the NFL is split down the middle and there's a certain amount of teams in one conference sixteen in one sixteen, 16 in, in yeah. another exactly so all the players vote on who the best player in the in in each position is they add up the votes and these individuals go to the Pro Bowl in Hawaii and they play each other uh, cool that's basically it sounds sounds, sounds pretty good right yeah. Here's a, here's a problem. Um, they don't play particularly hard. In fact, it's all, it's almost laughable how hard how hard they don't play. It's like Harlem Globetrotter type oh, stuff. Barbarians. Yeah. So the Barbarians yeah. play a lot harder, yeah. a lot harder. So it'd be a Barbarian style game. Oh, I, I like that. You could do after the Six Nations, the players all vote for the best player in their position in the Six Nations, and then they do that in the yeah. Quad Nations or Rugby Championship. Yeah. Or rugby do you know what? I actually think it'd be better to do. Um, uh, the Premiership or the French League because there's a lot of exiles there who are easily good enough to play international but don't and they it'd be nice to give them some recognition. Oh, that, I was that's I great. was I was going to say do it Premiership v Pro 12, mm-hmm. but as a selection for the Lions tour and nice. actually use it as a selection game. That's not a bad idea, Phil. Well, then you thanks. So who, thanks, but who would would the coaches select the two teams? Uh, players vote. Players vote for the players, and you get a 23-man squad for each. So you get 46 players, and then you use it as a, a train, like an open doors training, and also a selection game. Just building up two lines, and then it would only have to happen once for every four years. Yeah. We're always talking about not playing congested, congested not fixed fixtures. Congestion. Yeah. 
What about this? The NFL used to, I don't think it does anymore, used to have an NFL skills contest. And the uh, NHL does, does, does the same thing. Imagine we could have a skills contest like, so hookers thro- throwing at targets. We could have Dave Ward, R- Rory Best, um, and, oh, uh, what's this Scottish fellow called? Ross Ford. Ross Ford, all trying to hit barn doors. <laughs> um, you can see like who the fastest winger is over 10 yards, 20 yards. Rugby League do that every year, don't do, they? Do they? The, super, the start of the Super League season. Uh, that, that, and that's borrowed from NFL, where they have they have the, the combine, they have the combines, which yeah. is training like that before the draft. Who Ooh. has the best bench? Who would press? not like to who see? Who can do the best, most number of bench presses at this weight? Who can I jump love highest? That. I'd love it's to brilliant. see that. In That'd be brilliant. I love the the forty yard dash, the yeah. bench press. It's two hundred twenty pound, which is hundred kg bench press for reps, and the record's like fifty one. Do you know what would be really cool? I like to see unbelievable. That is ludicrous. I would like to see a round of rugby golf with the, with the top fly halves. Oh yeah, on a proper golf course. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to know who categorically is strongest and uh, fastest in the Premiership or in the England or the, the Six Nations. But like three cone drills, so you can test agility and yeah, stuff. Yeah, oh. that kind of stuff. Oh, now, wow, now we're talking. So let's. So we want like start of a season when they're doing pre-season training. We could just have a, and it could be a televised event. Like, yeah. it could be a televised event. It's a bit of fun, but actually, it's a great way of promoting the game and a bit of friendly rivalry. Player people send one person from each Premiership club. And you have twelve people in like a sort of superstars type thing, and you yeah. Yeah. and you have various different events. That's a preseason I'd, one. I like that a lot. I tell you what, not just the televised event would be great, but also because BT Sky, whoever it is, love these six second vines. It's perfect for those six second vines that can easily be shared on yeah. Twitter, Facebook. Uh, right, we've got some domestic rugby to talk about. Like I say, it's, I, I'm, I'm conscious that for some people it's going to be all about Six Nations. So let's let's do this slightly with a bit more brevity than we would normally do. It's a big game Friday night, actually, before the Six Nations gets underway. Bath-Gloucester, West Country rivals under the Friday night lights. Bath, I think they've, they've pushed Toulon twice in back-to-back games. They've pushed the European and now English champions very, very close. I think Gloucester are going to get ready for... A kick in on Friday. I don't think it'll be loads of points, but I think Bath are gonna come out swinging. Uh, I will have Bath at home. Yes. Yes, I, I'll go for that. I think it will be very close because um, Gloucester they're looking good this season. Yeah. It's not yet their year yet. It's not they're building year. towards. They're building towards their year next year. Maybe. Who on earth will Bath play at ten? Well, if Bowden it, well it recovers from his head injury, yeah. which he won't. There's no chance he was out cold. I, I was looking at that, that thinking this is this is great for Bath. Priestland goes, and Bowden just steps in. It looks awesome until he got his head on the wrong side of Brad Barrett's knee. Ugh, that was. An- it could have been worse. It could have been on the wrong side of Brad Barrett's chin. <laughs> Very good. Uh, Ulster v Dragons. Oh, big win! Big win at home for the Ulstermen. Yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> Saturday. These ones clashing with the Six Nations. Uh, Quinns, Northampton, both disappointed after the weekend's exploits. Quinns need to get back on and start winning. Northampton, well, that's if they want to maintain that top four and not get reeled in by teams like Bath, who are trying to have a bit of a comeback. Northampton, they've got to really pick themselves up, look in the mirror, ask themselves some questions say, this I, week. I think Northampton are favourites for this because no one seems to suffer more from the lack of leaders than Quinns. Yeah. Um, but there again, I'm, I'm wrong all the time on Quinns, all the time. Yeah, it's it's hard to know. 
because Quinns they do still have two of their big leaders in Easter and Evans, but it's <sighs> Marla, Kerr, Robshaw, Brown, uh, and Jamie Roberts to lose, and Tim Visser. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I. Well, they were so bad, Northampton. But I, who I, are Northampton actually losing? Because like Burrell's not gone, Foden's not gone, Myler's not gone, Dixon's not gone, Laws and Hartley've gone. Just Hill. Uh, Hill Hartley. Kieran Brooks Laws, hasn't gone. Brooks is injured. No, he's back. He, he, he oh, played. He, back. he played. He yeah. So they're only really losing a couple of players. I'm oh, and get, North. The only problem is. Um, I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to call Saints. Yeah, the only problem is that Alex King has butchered that um, attack. It feels like it, doesn't it? Absolutely butchered it. He's done you know, you know, you know, Spanish painting when they tried to restore it. He's basically done that to the, uh, <laughs> North, to the Northampton attack. So they've got like a priceless masterpiece, and yeah. someone's just done the tiny little bit of graffiti, and they go and put, pour nail polish all exactly over it. Exactly what exactly what he's done. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's an interesting analogy to use. Thank you. Very cultured analogy. Yes. That's me. Um, oh, I don't know. It's a really tough one, that. Oh, I'll go Quinns at the, ho- the, the home. Yeah, no worries. Um, I'm going to go Quinns. Quinns. But that'll be tight as well. Wasps, Newcastle. Uh, both teams will be relatively intact. But Wasps uh, are at home, so they could well lose this one. Yes. They're very good at home, <laughs> aren't they? Uh, well, Wasps' backline is going to be pretty consistent. Um, there'll be Robson, Gopperth, Jacobs. Yeah, who do you think is going to win? Elliot. Wasps. 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 Yeah. And Leicester will beat, beat Sale, but not all sale. completely one-way traffic. I have to say they will beat Sale. Yeah, they will, be, they will beat them. Um, and on to Sunday, when in the Aviva Premiership, it is that big, glamatite Exeter Saris, and we get to watch this one. Got to see, we get to watch this one live, and then get to watch Ireland Wales. So this is a good double header for very for good Sunday. Du- very well, good double header. In fact, two massive games. You've got the bottom. You've got Irish. Hosting Worcester, and you've got Exeter hosting Saracens. That's pretty big. Hmm. Pretty yeah, big. it's huge. Actually. That is pretty big. Saracens to win. Don't. Worcester. From what I've seen today, Worcester look class. Irish at home. Irish at home for me. Really? No. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, I, t- I tell you what I, what I really like about Worcester is they like to play from all all, all sorts of areas, but their pack is pretty. The, it's pretty strong. Their back three is superb. The back three is Coop, one. Cooper Vuna, the other the other lad. Uh, Cooper Vuna, Bryce Heem and Paul. Bryce Heem. That's yeah. a boy. Yeah, he uh, he can run. Yeah, there's there's two other uh, international competitions this weekend, Tim. Hey, what? Yeah. Six Nations B, the Tier Two Six Nations. As someone, as this? What? Well, no, it, it's happened the last few years, yeah, but right. it's just it it kind of always happens, but there's no. Uh, Link between the two as things stand. So Georgia have won it like four out of the last five years, or even more. Is it, it's going to be Romania or Georgia every year. Well, Russia, Russia are a fairly handy team, but Georgia, Georgia, Germany this weekend. Uh, Russia play Spain. Romania play Portugal. So besides Germany, they've all had uh, World Cup experience. Yeah, that's right. They have, haven't they? And the other one, Tim. Yeah. There's the Americas Rugby Championship. Oh, all starting this weekend? Yes. Wow. Which is Chile play Brazil, not so big, but then Canada play Uruguay and United States play Argentina, which I can only imagine is an Argentina B team because the Jaguars Jaguars are about to start in the Super Rugby tournament. I can't believe we haven't talked about this and I think this should be a good thing to finish on. We've got the Six Nations coming up and we haven't mentioned Eddie Butler. I mean, there's a few things we see every Six Nations, isn't there? There's, you know, you see... 
Jonathan Davies basically being a bit like Jonathan Spratt. Forward! Forward! <laughs> Forward! Go Wade! Go Wade! Um, you see... What else do you see in the Six Nations? You see... Brian uh, Moore... Uh, but, yeah, calling people dull morons. Yeah, or just going really, really in depth on scrummaging to to, to a degree that <laughs> and your average ex- fan ex- doesn't care about. Getting exasperated with Toby Flood kicking the ball. <laughs> you will see. Um, uh, the other thing you will see is Eddie Butler. Um, he's not going to be saying Benjamin Kaiser and um, Noah Nakatasi, Matthew Bastero. But he will be putting his French accent on players like Scott Spedding. <laughs> um, so we'll look forward to that. But also, and I'm going to play a bit of music for this, Eddie Butler and his montage. The Eddie Butler montages are just beautiful. England, the rose, rising like a phoenix from the flames. Eddie Jones arriving like England's Yoda. <laughs> Dylan leading from the front fire in his heart moves on his chest uh, I am looking forward to the Eddie Butler montage do you know Eddie Butler did, uh, did, a, mon- did a montage for the NFL the other day for the BBC what? yeah exactly can you remember the last time a South Wolian played you know, Carolina Panthers <laughs> I mean, there might have been one on the off- offensive line at some at some point. It just seems so out of place. <laughs> uh, do you think he must get I, I montage reckon, money? Yeah, yeah, I, no, Big montage. He's got a lobby and everything. He'll get montage money, but it's it's become such a thing that happens. Oh, we know we've got to have Eddie Butler's montage. No, hold on, it's Six Nations. We've got to have Eddie Butler's montage. That he, he, I bet he's hiked his price up to an unbelievable do you know what level. I really dislike what? Okay, the any given Sunday speech. It's the inches we need. It's ama- oh, everywhere. A- a- amazing speech, but only in the context of that film. When they get when they roll in yeah. actors to do it and thespians and just, uh, it's just so cringeworthy. When do they do that? Oh, all like all the time. If you um, if you go if you YouTube that speech, you've got all these lists of like when uh, TV channels have used the speech to pr- promote like Six Nations or rugby or whatever the sport is that they want to do. Women's badminton. Yeah, it could work. It could work. Northern Thunder netball. It could. Yeah. It could work on Television X or stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You're, you're on fire tonight, Tim. <laughs> and on uh, that. that, yeah, maybe we should finish on that. Yeah, finish on that one. Let's just, <laughs> let's just finish on that. Enjoy the Six Nations um, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Acast uh, app, and on iTunes as well. Tell. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You mates, leave us a review and we will see you next time. Nice one, JB. Thank you, Tim. Top man, Phil. Cheers, Tim.